chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on into the Wild West Showdown for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage, a motherload of remembrance, a true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Hello, folks. Sure glad you tuned in today because we got a special guest, and, and I'm excited. I hope that you'll get excited, too. I'm going to play you one of his songs right now. I have to go away for a few days. Do you have to go? just feels like we're living in two different worlds. Just a few more days, and we'll be back together again. A 
Sorrentos, uh, I assume that's a stage name. How did you come up with a name like that? When I first thought about what I should name myself, I, of course, looked at every name I could think of, and a lot of the good ones were taken, unfortunately. So I kind of went back to my roots a little bit. Sorrentos is basically my name in Greek, which is Sam. And I thought the more I researched it online and saw that it wasn't really taken and there wasn't a web presence, I thought it'd be kind of a cool niche. So that's why I went for it. You release a new song and a music video every month. That's that's quite an undertaking. Do you feel pressured at times? I would say sometimes, you know, there might be a slight bit of pressure, but the music is probably the least thing that I rush or feel pressured about. Probably the biggest challenge is the music video every month, just because there's a lot of moving parts to that, and whether it's adding subtitles and getting everything together, that's probably the most challenging. I would love at some point to be six months, you know, nine months out so that I know I'm kind of good to go. But at this point, when you're an indie artist on a very limited budget and you're trying to do a bunch of creative things, whether it's a song, a lyric video, a music video, a book chapter, pictures for the book chapters, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. It definitely is a challenge at times, but I try not to let it overwhelm me. You've won several awards. I noticed that you've just been a, been nominated for another award. How does that make you feel to be so well-received by, by everybody? I think the awards are not something anyone in the creative arts goes after. I think there is a sense of validation to your you know tireless uh, efforts and always trying to put something out there that people respect and appreciate. But I certainly don't go for that. I don't try to get nominated for an award. Um, but it is flattering and humbling, and I definitely appreciate it when the opportunity arises. Okay, your your music isn't like anything else that I've ever heard, and uh, you haven't tied yourself to one genre. Do you do you like one genre better than the others? I think my overall sound is probably a fusion of 80s rock and modern pop rock music. But I definitely don't want to limit myself, so I definitely will reach out to other genres, whether it's country, R&B, hip-hop, dance, and I, I like to experiment. I don't think any artist should be tied to one genre, and I think nowadays that's very true. You know, I think in maybe 10, 20 years ago, people picked a genre and stuck to it. So some people critique that and say that's not a good thing. Some people think it is a good thing. I'm not sure what the right answer is. All I know is that I definitely love doing it, and the majority of my stuff probably fits in my unique sound, but I, I don't want that to be more than 70%. I do want to experiment. Okay, as a child, what did you want to do when you grow up? Did, have you always wanted to be a singer? In my heart, I did. You know, I don't know if I ever admitted it or confessed it because, you know, how do you, how do you realistically tell your family and friends that you want to be a rock star or a singer? I, I think people that want to be painters or actors probably have the same dilemma 
when you're growing up, everybody wants to hear that you want to be a doctor or lawyer or one of these noble professions. And if you tell them that you want to draw for a living or sing for a living or write songs, there is this inherent bias, I think, especially maybe it's not as bad now as it used to be 10 years ago, but I definitely think it's there whether people want to admit it or not. And my message to my fans as well as the world is, first of all, it's never too late to chase your dream and go after your passion. Secondly, there's really no reason that people should deny it from you. And why do you have to hide what makes you, what challenges you, what the passion, the fire inside? I don't think there's any reason. I think that's one of the biggest faults in our society. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing what your heart wants to do. So that would be the advice you'd give to an up-and-coming artist? Just hang in there and go after it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I don't care if you're... 12, I don't care if you're 80, I think you should go for it because life is too short and you don't want to have regrets. And the only thing I would add to that is to be realistic. So I don't think that anybody should give up their day job or the way that they survive or feed their family if they have a family. I think they should do this on the side, but there's no reason that you can't put 40, 50, 60 hours into it a week, as well as take care of your other responsibilities, whatever they might be. If it's your passion, it's your passion. And I don't ever consider this work. I love doing it, whether it's two in the morning, whether it's six in the morning. Obviously, I do it on the side, and I'd love nothing more than to make it my full-time gig, but I'm trying to be realistic. I really am. Art, you do have a regular job. Do you? Uh, what's your work schedule and when you're writing? Do you have a schedule? I don't have a schedule. It definitely is on the side, and after I get done with my day job and I take care of all my responsibilities with friends and family and anything I need to do. Some people might consider it a hobby. I consider it more than that. And other people might watch TV for a couple hours a night. I certainly watch some TV. You know, I, I love Netflix. I love, you know, working out. I love going for walks. But this is what I do. I plan for it every single day. Not a day goes by that I don't do something for my musical career, whether it's a song, a book chapter, uh, putting artwork together, pictures together, something. I'm always doing something every single day. I know as an author and a singer-songwriter that I have a hard time coming up with ideas. Do you have a problem with that? I don't want this to sound cocky or wrong. Certainly, I understand writer's block, and certainly I've had writer's block, whether it's book chapter, my fiction fantasy book, or whether it's a song. Sometimes you mull things over and, you know, you're just not feeling it and you kind of put it to the side and come back to it. But for the most part, I've been doing this for so long that I have such a vast amount of material. And my biggest problem is sorting through, you know, a couple thousand songs trying to figure out, okay, which one do I want to put? You know, what's the theme for next year's CD? And which songs should I start and certainly I'll rewrite and tweak things, but my biggest problem is I have, I believe, too many ideas, and it's always a matter of focusing them and seeing which ones are truly worthy of being made into a song, because sometimes there's an inherent bias when you write something that you think this is great, and then you come back to it a week later, and you're like, I can't believe I wrote this. This is terrible. So I, I think trying to pick and choose, and one of the things I think would tremendously help me if I ever have a manager, sign with a label, or just have anyone other than me helping me, is for someone to sift through these songs with me and say, look, this, this really has hit potential. I know you love this song because it's about whatever aspect of whatever that is, but this really will resonate with this group and this genre, and um, that's what I'm lacking right now. So as much as I think I'm on the right path, I'm sure if I had people with tremendous experience, they would navigate me slightly differently. Okay, that, I guess that answers my next question. Can you 
Tell us how many songs you've written. Oh, a couple of years ago, I digitized all my songs, and it was over 2,000. So I've lost count, and I've written a lot more songs in the last two years than I did when I digitized them several years ago. So I, if I had a guess, I'd say probably 2,500 or 3,000, but I, I really don't know a lot. Very impressive. Do you have a favorite of all your songs? Of my songs that I've written or yeah, of yes. other people's songs no, that I've heard? One of yours. Do you have a favorite of, of one that you've written? I think at this point in my career and in my life, you know, I really started this last year to commemorate my father who passed away from lung cancer. And the song this year called What If I Never See You Again really touches a special place in my heart. And incidentally, it is the song that has been reviewed and rated highest out of all my songs last year and this year. So I think there's a strong emotional connection to that song, especially if anybody listens to it that has lost anyone, a spouse, a parent, a child, any person. I think that it really resonates with them, and it resonates with me for sure. What does your family and friends think about you being... Uh, for lack for a better word, famous. I don't know if they would necessarily think I'm famous. I don't think I'm famous. I just think I have more than one follower, and I've had more than one person listen to a song, and that's how I view it. And every single day, I try to work hard. If I got 10 new Twitter followers that day, or if whatever the number is, I just try to stay humble and work hard. And I think that's how I portray it to my family and friends. I think initially, a couple of years ago, when I first started telling people I was going to do this, I definitely got weird looks, and I definitely got people kind of looking at me like, what in the world are you doing? Are you crazy? And part of that might have been that I'm not 18. Part of that might have been that they just didn't think I had any talent whatsoever. I didn't really try to ask everybody what their agenda was. I just took it as a sign that I needed to keep working hard, keep getting better, and that's what I'm trying to do every day. I think when fans listen to my vocal style a year and a half ago compared to this year, compared to the stuff that's coming out next year, they're going to continue to see a better vocal style. They're going to continue to see improved lyrics, pitch control, timing, uh, better tuning, and I'm always trying to get better. I certainly experiment, and I'm trying to find my true sound and I'm trying not to sound boring and the same on every single song. And again, that can be a hindrance sometimes, but I'm always trying to get better, and I don't think I'm ever going to consider myself famous, to be honest with you. Do you feel like you've learned anything from this experience of writing and singing? Absolutely. I think I have learned that it took me many, many years to admit that I love doing this and I want to do it forever. And as the last year and a half has gone by, I've grown more comfortable in my own skin because this is who I am. And I think it's such a shame when, whether you're a teenager, middle-aged, whatever your situation is, I think it's the saddest thing in the world when someone doesn't accept you for who you are. But I think it's even sadder when you don't accept yourself and who you truly are. There's absolutely no reason to hide or feel shameful for anything, whether it's the fact that you want to write a song or sing. It just doesn't make sense, and I see it all the time. And I definitely feel more at peace. I feel happier. And if I spend the next 20 years doing what I'm doing right now and not getting any more fans, I would be happy because it's what I've always wanted to do, and I can do it. And no one's telling me what to do. I can do whatever I want. What do you do when you're not creating new music other than your regular job? Probably the thing that ties up, boy, those those take up all my time, music and my job, but I would say the thing that takes up most of my time after that is working out, trying to stay healthy and active. I love to take walks. I love to, quote-unquote, relax my eyes and look far and just how much time do we spend every day 
looking closely at a computer screen or an iPhone or something. I just think it really helps you unwind and relax. And sometimes I think we let life pass us by and we just need to take a second, smell the roses, look into the distance. I love looking at the clouds and uh, it's probably my own, you know, Rorschach blood test. But I think there's nothing wrong with that. We need to be comfortable being by ourselves and with others. And I wish I was able to go out more with my friends and family and hang out more and have fun. But again, I am on a mission and this is what I want to do. Have you been influenced by any other artist? I've been influenced by a lot of artists. Um, 80s, Anybody in the 80s, from Bruce Springsteen, Michael Jackson, Def Leppard, Survivor, pretty much any any artist you name in the 80s, I've been influenced by them. But even the 90s, the 2000s, even this year, you know, when you look at Taylor Swift, Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, there is a wide variety of things on my playlist that I listen to, and I think they all become part of you. Whether two years later you're writing a song, whether you're trying to decide what drum beat or I think it's all part of you and it helps you become you and when you're creating something subconsciously I couldn't even begin to tell you because I have such a wide variety of tastes it's always fascinating to hear people talk about a song and you know everyone's got their own opinion of what that sounds like but you are a collection of your experiences both musically as well as your life and that's what you are do you hear from your fans very much I do. I don't hear from them as much as I'd like because to me, I would, if I had to guess at this point, I would say that I probably get an average of one or two emails a day. And on social media, it can vary from 20 to 100 interactions a day where I need to respond to someone that messaged me or put a post. And I love it. I love it. There's nothing cooler to me than the once or twice a month that I send my email list the notice that the new song came out of a new music video and they email me back, you know, whether it's a personal note, whether it's, it, it really keeps me going because the reason I think any of us do anything like this is sure we want our message heard around the world. We want people to hit the replay button and listen to our song over and over, but there's nothing more gratifying than having someone tell you that this really touched them because they lost their husband and this song really hit home for them and they were crying and they were and obviously some songs are sad, some are happy, but I love the fan interaction. And I'm so thankful to be part of this day and age where social media is so prevalent and people can easily communicate with you. And it's it's really an honor that someone takes 10 seconds of their day to email me and I can email them back. I'm very approachable. You not only release a new song video each month, but you also write a chapter book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I started this initially thinking, you know, in a song you're limited as to what you can say. A song you're always, there's always a limited number of words and phrases you can use and you're trying to match it to the melody and you're trying to also have a certain rhyme pattern and you're, you're very limited. And I thought, I love fiction fantasy. You know, when I grew up and even nowadays, things like the Avengers, things like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, these are, these are things I love. And I thought fiction fantasy would be a very cool genre to write in. And I could write whatever I wanted, and it could be as long as I wanted. So I thought, you're creating this world for people. And as I kind of thought about it, I thought it would be very cool, and no one's ever done this. I don't even know of a singer or lyricist that has written a book, but I thought it'd be even cooler to make the chapter relevant to each song each month that I release. So, for example, if the song last month was easy to believe, the book chapter was for that song, easy to believe, and 
the story gets tailored and you can see glimpses of the song in that chapter. And I just thought it'd be a very cool thing to do. And again, last year I kind of experimented. This year's book has gotten even better reviews and it's just a unique thing no one's ever done and it comes up each month it's made up it i don't know where the end game is i don't know what direction it's going in it kind of uh you know it, it's variable and it's kind of like almost a cross between watching a cool show like vampire diaries or something where at the end you're kind of hooked and you can't wait to see the next episode that's how i want the book chapter to be each month where people can't wait to get the next month I understand you collect comic books. Is there anything else that you collect? Comic books are the biggest thing I collect. When I was a kid, I collected some baseball cards and things that my mom gave away to my cousin, so I never restarted that. So at this point, it's just comic books. I would love to, at some point, collect certain paraphernalia, you know, like have a huge stormtrooper in my doorway or something like that, but no, I don't at this point. Just comic books. Do you collect the comic books as an investment, or, or do you read them? No, I read them. Yeah, I never thought about it as an investment. And again, I think when I did it as a kid and my mom gave them all away and then I kind of restarted probably about 20 years ago. And so I have a pretty big collection at this point, but I never buy something as an investment. I just buy something if I'm going to read it. And then if it ends up that, you know, the death of Superman is a big thing and worth something 20 years later, that's great. But that's not my initial intention. I, I buy them to read them. Okay, how about a favorite comic book? Favorite comic book? That's tough. I think it kind of changes year to year. So I think this year, the favorite thing that I love to read is probably Halo. But routinely, any of the Marvel ones, any of the DC ones um, are, are pretty nice. But at this point, I like Halo. Okay, how would you compare the older comic books to the newer comics? I think graphically, the newer ones are definitely so much cooler. The print, The printed content is sharper. You know, there's no blurriness or fuzziness to it. And it's interesting when you sometimes they'll put like back issues or backstories and you look at the older comic book. But on the flip side, that's vintage. It's authentic. So there's some mystery and appeal to something like that also, uh, similar to what people are looking at with vinyl now. Vinyl is making a huge comeback. So I, I definitely respect that and appreciate that. But it just, to me, looks really cool, realistic. Look at movies nowadays. They look so real compared to some CGI stuff that was done like 15 years ago. Okay, you give 33% of all your royalties to charities. Why do you do that? When I first started doing this, I think you hear a lot of artists say that they're just doing it for the music, and I think that's definitely true in my case, but I wanted to do something more. I definitely did not ever intend to do this for the money, and I still think I'm holding true to that. But I always had in the back of my mind that if I started to make it, and if I started to actually make a profit, I wanted to do something more. So what I initially, again, I was inspired by my father to start this, and he died of lung cancer. So I really thought about it, and I said, there's really no reason that I can't give back. And I, the way I decided to do that was just to pick a different charity for each song, Initially, I wanted to give like 80% of everything to a charity, and some people that I initially talked to told me I was crazy, that if I ever signed with a label, they would take a majority of it, and they kind of told me that 33% of profits was more realistic, and that's kind of what I've stuck with, and I just want to give back, and hopefully one day I can start a charity in my dad's name and have no administrative costs, and just whether it's homeless people, whether it's whatever it is, just basically do something that because at the end of the day how many cars do you need how many TVs do you need I think we all have more than we need and probably more than we think we 
you give uh, to different charities. You're not just tied down to one charity. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, I thought when I looked at each song, I kind of tried to pick a charity that was relevant to that, or maybe there was a double meaning as to why I picked that. And as the as I've picked up momentum, the fans helped me decide what charities to pick. Some are special and near and dear to their hearts. So I've been very open to charities and flexible. And I. I didn't want to get to the situation where one charity was going to get, if I keep releasing a new song every month till the day I die, obviously that's a lot of songs. So I also wanted to open this up and give to multiple charities. So that was my initial intention. Okay. Do you ever get discouraged and feel like you want to just throw all this out and quit? I'd love to say that I've never gotten discouraged, but I think I'd be lying. I think anyone who does anything creatively definitely is going to get discouraged at one point or another because it's a harsh business. It's a harsh reality, especially when you're on your own and you have no marketing support and no one to put you in front of millions of people. I think the one thing I've realized, I never try to take things to heart. I have been very fortunate in that I really have not had many negative comments at all. I don't understand the reason for that. Maybe I'm too small to have people hate on me as much as some of the uh, more prominent stars, but I think what I've realized is two people will look at my song and give completely opposite critiques or reviews. One person will say that they love the uniqueness of my voice and it's wonderful. The other one will think it's terrible. So what I've tried to do, I'll glance at the positive things, but I will focus on the negative things. And certainly some people are just negative people. As Taylor says, the haters are going to hate, but I try to learn something from them. I try to learn if there's something that I did different or something I can do different. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to make incremental improvements in your lyrics, your delivery, your style. But at the end of the day, you are what you are, and you're just not going to appeal to everybody. And I think when I first started, I thought that was my goal, was to appeal to everybody. As I've gone through the process, at this point, I just want to appeal to people that get me. Certainly, if I appeal to 0.1% of the world, I'll be a superstar, but I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just trying to learn every day and put something out there that people appreciate and respect and not take it to heart when they totally ridicule or slam you. And like I said, thankfully, that hasn't really happened much, but I'm ex- I'm trying to be realistic, and I am expecting that it'll ha- keep happening. Okay, how can folks check you out on the Internet? Probably the easiest thing is my website, which is www.melogia.com. And if they go on my website, they will see links to every single video I've done. They will see links to all my social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. They will be able to download all my songs for free. And the one thing that I highly encourage people to do is sign up for my free email list. I've never spammed people. I've never asked anybody to buy anything. They get two emails a month, each one basically announcing that the new song is out or the new music video. So I think it's a great way to get the inside information on me and what I'm doing that other people might not know about. So I highly recommend your fans to sign up for that. Okay, if I did a search for Sorrentos on Google, would I be able to find you there? Yeah, absolutely. So if you if you search for Sorrentos, uh, last I checked, I come up number one on every search engine. And you should definitely be able to find my website, my YouTube, my Facebook, my Twitter, and I encourage people to chat with me anytime. Okay, spell that name for us one time. Sure. It's S-A-R-A-N-T-O-S, Sorantos. Very good. We appreciate so much you being with us today on the Wild West Showdown, and 
and uh, I want to invite you to come back anytime. Absolutely. I'd be happy to be on any time, and I'll definitely send you the new song, and I thank your fans for tuning in and, for, and to you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later then. Okay. You're welcome. Have a great day. Sorrentos. Sorrentos. You folks need to remember that name. I predict a great future for this young man. Say, did you hear that part about downloading his music for free? Now, that's something this old cowboy understands. Free. I hope you enjoyed hearing from him today. Next week, we're going to be talking to somebody about what it was like being an undertaker in the wild, wild west. Tell all your friends to tune in. I had a couple more books released on audio this past week. If you hadn't got your copy yet, you need to go on over to Amazon and get one. I sure enjoy all the emails and letters I get each week, but I haven't gotten one from you yet. Why don't you do that right now? JC at OutlawsPublishing.com That's JC at OutlawsPublishing.com I want to hear from you. I reckon I better head on down the trail for now, but I'll be back next week for another episode of the Wild West Showdown. But before I go, listen to this. If you find yourself in a hole, the best thing to do is stop digging. This is the old cowboy saying, adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.